This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to this warning program. I have with me Ray Gebauer. He's an unlicensed holistic health doctor. Unlicensed holistic health doctor. If you've been watching this program or listening to it over the various weeks, you'll see that he's been on. And we are on part three today of a Path of Life prayer formula. The Path of Life prayer formula. Once again, this is part three. Uh, Ray, welcome back. Thank you, Jonathan. I'm really happy to be here and share some ideas that I think can make a difference. Okay. I think you said you wanted to read something. Uh, yeah, not quite yet, but in, in a minute here. This is part three. I don't know if you want to summarize last week, part two, but uh, go ahead. Uh, the Bible talks quite a bit, particularly in the Old Testament, using a little different language in the New Testament, about the path of life. Uh, like Psalm sixteen eleven, you have shown me clearly the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy to right hand of pleasures forever. But I really like it, and it talks in Jeremiah six sixteen talks about the ancient paths. Ask for the ancient paths. So God has this you call it a lane, the righteous lane, or the path of life. Paul talks about walking in the Spirit. You know, it's the same thing. And I believe I'm fully convinced, uh, based on my understanding of Scripture, <clears throat> studying it for uh, <clears throat> you know fifty some years. <laughs> That if you want to optimize your life and be fully alive, have the, the maximum happiness, you've got to live life God's way and be on God's path, the path of life. And not just be on the path, but with God. I mean, God is with us, He's for us, and He's in us. And we want to be walking that path of life in that lane, not getting out of bounds and getting drifting, you know, like the Pilgrim's Progress. You got to be on the path. <laughs> Uh, but we got to do it with God and have conversations with God. So I, a couple of years ago, I realized that there were several short prayers in the Bible that I thought were really important. And so I started using them sort of like launching pads uh, to cover some of the basics. And I thought, you know, to remember these, what I identify as five short prayers that are really important, <clears throat> sort of fundamental prayers, I created an acronym so I could easily remember. Okay. And the acronym uh, ended up being TRAIL, T-R-A-I-L. So being on the trail of life, the path of life. And each letter stood for one of the short prayers. So the, the first week we talked about the T word, which is being thankful. We've got to start off being thankful and have gratitude to God in our hearts instead of 
you know, like the Israelites, they were complaining and grumbling and says, you know, God got fed up. He killed 23,000 of them one day, you know, because they were grumbling instead of being grateful. And so that's a good place to start. Say, just God, thank you. And you can go on from there. You know, what are you thankful for? You know, so, so that's really a good place to start. Then last week we talked, the second letter was R, which is, has to do with repentance. Repentance in general means just to change your mind. It could be changing your mind about what you eat, you know, or how much you exercise or sleep. Or in the Bible, is, is generally repenting means changing your mind about your lifestyle and the sin that you need to stop doing. And, you know, interestingly, that's the first word in the gospel. <clears throat> it says repent. It's a warning. Uh, repent because the kingdom of God is coming. <clears throat> so the message is you're not going to get in unless you qualify and you can't get in unless you repent and change your thinking, which means change your attitude, change your lifestyle, you know, start being on the path of life, you know, being righteous and holy. Good. And so following that, you have one thankful, two repentance. I believe three was awesome. Yes. Uh, and one more thing about repentance, because... You know, it's been said that the person who benefits most from a teaching is usually the teacher. <laughs> and uh, after, last week after speaking about this, I mean, I know all this stuff, but speaking about it again, yeah, I got convicted. Yeah. And I realized, you know, I need to repent of some things that I was sort of overlooking. So I'm going to make a confession right now. Uh, sort of caught my attention when I was talking about there's two kinds of sins, sins of commission, you know, like you, you, you cheat or you steal, you lie. And there's sins of omission where you don't, it's you're sinning because you didn't do something you should have done. Like the greatest commandment is to love God for our heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you're not doing that, you're sinning by omission. And I realized the two biggest, probably the biggest sin that I've been committing that I said, okay, I got to repent. <laughs> I got to practice what I preach here. Uh, is just neglecting praying as much as I should. I mean, I pray every day, but you know, being introspective, I realized I'm not praying nearly enough. Yeah, I'm really falling short. And you know, <clears throat> James said the prayer of a righteous man, the fervent prayer of a righteous man, has great effect. And there's persistence and perseverance. And and I realized, you know, I. You know, I haven't been doing that like I should. So I said, so what do you, what do, you do with that? You, you, you're aware of it and you repent. And, uh, and then you ask God for grace and help to stay on that path. <laughs> and so, so that was my experience that came out of what I shared last week. Yeah, then you, then you do it. You, you <clears throat> get up and pray more. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than any of you. Why? It was for his own edification. That's the importance of tongues. It's for our own edification. Uh, it gives us power and authority. A dunamis, released energy. We need God's power in our life. We need his authority in our life. We need his energy in our life. We need him to speak to us. Uh, when you speak in tongues, you speak in a heavenly language. You say, I don't know what to pray for. Many times in a healing line, Ray, I don't know what to pray for. But I start to speak in tongues. Yep. And many times God gives me revelation. And if not, God knows what that person needs. I'm speaking to God already in tongues. Yeah. And that was the other thing I, I realized I need to repent of because I believe in the power of that too. But honestly, I realized I'm not doing that nearly enough. I need to be speaking to God 
in tongues. I need to be reading the Bible more. I tend not to read the Bible much because I think, well, I already know all this stuff. Why do I need to just keep reviewing it? But then when I do sit down and read, it's like, wow, this is like life. This isn't just information. It's life. And so it's easy to drift even when you know better. And I got really convicted. So I was really pleased about my realization. Um, so, so one more comment on this, you know, having to do with repentance. <clears throat> now, I find it interesting that that the last place in the Bible <clears throat> where the gospel is preached and it's identified as the gospel, the eternal gospel, is Revelation chapter 14. <clears throat> I just like to read that because it's relevant you know, to this topic. It says, And I saw another angel flying in midheaven, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation, every tribe and tongue and people. And he said with a loud voice, so this is the gospel. It wasn't about how much God loves you and you know, believe in Jesus. And you know that's the salvation message. But the gospel is here, the eternal gospel, according to the angel of God said, it says, fear God and give him the glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him. So the gospel here is to fear God, which it ties into repentance. You're not going to repent if you don't fear God. So, And it goes right into point three, awesome, like an awesome fear of God. Exactly, yeah. So, so that's the third prayer, just three words. God, you're awesome. So I want to dive a little deeper in it. What does it mean, awesome? And you know, I'm actually really concerned about the overuse of this word in our culture because the secular culture has adopted the word, and now everything is awesome. You, you make an appointment with the dentist, and the secretary says, well, okay, that's awesome. You're like, well, that's really, that's awesome? You know, you know I, I really like to reserve the word primarily for God, because if everything is awesome, nothing's awesome. So, interestingly, the last few years, the psychologists have been doing a lot of studies on awe, A-W-E, and they've discovered some interesting things that when a person has more experiences of awe, particularly in nature or a spiritual experience, it has significant profound effects on our, our mind, our, our emotions, um, our, our physical health. People are happier, they're more generous, they, they're more open-minded. It just dramatically improves the quality of our life the more often we experience awe. And I had a significant insight about this a couple of years ago when I read uh, this wonderful book by John Eldridge, who's uh, perhaps more well known for his book, Wild at Heart, which is for men, which is an excellent book. Uh, all men should read that. But this book was called Get Your Life Back. And uh, a lot of really significant insights. So one of them was on this topic of how do you have more awe towards God? And I never thought about this before. He said the easiest way to do this is to, to reflect upon or, or experience awe in nature. And like, like for me, the four or five things that, that trigger awe for me is, is like seeing a, just a spectacular mountain or a gorgeous sunset or sunrise or looking at a, a beautiful flower, like, wow, this is amazing. Or looking at the face of a little baby. Or looking in the eyes of, of your spouse. And so awe has to do with like a wow experience. Like, 
this is amazing. Like it's, we're looking at the Grand Canyon. You're looking at the ocean. <clears throat> so his point is, when we can get in touch with that feeling of awe in nature, we experience that feeling of awe, then we say, well, the creator of this creation is God himself. So if I have awe about what he created, you know, the ocean, the Grand Canyon, this gorgeous flower, the sunset, you know, how about the creator? He's the one who deserves the most awe. And so it's sort of like a, a launch pad or a gateway to feeling more awe towards God by starting with what we can see and experience in the natural realm and ultimately, we want to be awestruck by God. And that takes you know, time and focus and attention and meditation on Him. It can be through Scripture, through prayer. But uh, experiencing awe and telling God, you are awesome, and then feeling that sense of awe can really dramatically enrich our life. And it glorifies God. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. You've been listening, watching the Warning Program. I have Ray Gebauer. He's an unlicensed holistic health doctor. We're on part three of the Path of Life Prayer Formula. The Path of Life Prayer Formula. So if you have not listened to the other two messages and other programs we've done, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. You can click on uh, watch and listen. That's radio and television and watch or listen to these programs, fascinating programs. Again, the Path of Life Prayer Formula, Part 3. You know, you talk about a word that's overused today. You said awesome, but uh, love is one of those other words. You love everything. You love spaghetti. You love everything. And uh, I don't don't think you can love spaghetti. You can enjoy spaghetti. You like its taste, but... Love, Ray. Yeah, yeah. Like, or I love ice cream. I love pizza. Whatever. So yeah, you know that's going to be the fifth uh, element in this trail formula. You know, God, I love you. Um, but the word, you're right. It's been watered down. It's become just degraded to a feeling. And same thing with awesome. You know, if everything's awesome, nothing's awesome. Now, one of the ways we can, I think, facilitates us feeling that awesomeness towards God, the, the, this awe of God, is in, in worship. Now, worship doesn't have to include music. You know, worship means like bowing down, submitting, honoring God. But there's some of these worship songs can really help bring up the sense of awe. It's more than just singing happy songs and praising God and being grateful and joyful. That's all really important, not to minimize that at all. But like Solomon said, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And fear of God is related to the awesomeness of God. Uh, We need to see God as this great creator, not just the loving father. I mean, that's probably the highest way of looking at God. And we're sons of God. He's delegated to us authority and we can declare and command and prophetically warn people. That's all important. But we don't want to leave out this element uh, beyond gratitude and repentance of, of awe. God is worthy of our worship and not just worshiping Him going through the motions, but just feeling like overwhelmed, like God's glory and His goodness and His greatness. Like, wow, this is like unbelievable. 
So I think one of the other English words that's sort of really corresponds to this, I've already used it here a couple of times, is wow. We want to have a wow experience of God, peak experiences of God. Now, you can't have that all the time. But it's like there's a time for anger, a time for fear. And there's a time to feel awestruck. Just like you look at, I said, a beautiful sunset. It's like, wow, that's amazing. We wanted to take that same feeling about the sunset or the Grand Canyon or the ocean and apply that towards God. Open our hearts and just like, wow, God, you're amazing. And if we're not getting that sensation, we need to, you know, seek God more deeply. Because if you see God clearly, there's no other option. You're going to say, wow, this is, you're, you're bigger and greater, and more loving and everything than I ever imagined. And there's still more. We're just, what we do experience, no matter how great it is, is still, I'm sure, a fraction of what we could experience, of who God is. I think part of that experiencing God, knowing God, realizing how awesome he is, is if we really spend time with God in the word of God. Yes. A person can never, 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 never get too much God. And you can never accumulate the wisdom of God. It's just too insurmountable. And uh, the more you read the Bible, the more you know what you don't understand. Because more revelation continues to come. And I think, again, people that really spend hours a day in the Word of God realize how awesome God is. Because, again, it's all through the pages, if we want to use that word, how awesome He is. And we become aware of, again, the fear of God. Because we know how awesome He is. He's a powerful, mighty God. And one of the descriptions is God to be feared. God to be loved. But... uh, you know, Ray, I think as you earlier in the program repented of not spending enough time, the more time you spend actually reading the Word of God, meditating on it, the more awesome God would be to you. Yes, um, it, to know God is to love Him. And to, 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 if you fully know God, you're going to fear Him too and see how great and awesome He is. So, so there's two elements to this, I think. One is we have to the more clearly we see who God is through scripture, through prayer and meditation, uh, you know, the more awe we're going to have towards God. And secondly, we need to express it. We need to tell God, just like you want to tell God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Some days I'll say thank you a hundred times, maybe like 10, 20 times in a row, and just to really emphasize that. So we, must, we want to be thankful all the time. We want to rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice, like Paul said. But we, all, we don't want to leave out this, the element of God being awesome and acknowledging that, feeling it, and saying it to him, God, you are an awesome God. Wow. And, and there's much more than I can see at this point. Say, God, increase my capacity to not just love you, but to see how unbelievable great, great you are you know, sovereign wise you know merciful compassionate you know everything we want to be awestruck so ray we have less than three minutes so uh go ahead and try to to uh bring a caboose on on part three yeah well let me let me end this way um just to maybe demonstrate it. Now, like I'm talking about short prayers. Like, God, you're awesome. That's a good place to start. But that's like a launching pad. So I'm going to just pray right now. Father, you are, thank you for who you are. You are such an awesome God. You know, you know, I love you. I'm so grateful. And I acknowledge that you are 
far beyond that I could totally understand. And for what I can see and understand, I just have to say, wow, you're amazing. You're awesome. I'm so grateful that you've you've saved me. I've become a son of God. And uh, thank you for your scriptures. They're not just for information. It's for transformation to know you and to worship and know you more deeply. So thank you, God, for who you are. I just can't say it enough. God, you are awesome. Thank you. Again, Ray Gabauer, unlicensed holistic health doctor. He's with me today. He's been with me. This was part three of the Path of Prayer formula, the Path of Life prayer formula. Um, If we follow this formula, there is life. We need to understand this. There is life, not death. So, Ray, we got one minute left. What would you like to uh, summarize? Yeah, thank you. Well, tomorrow is what they often refer to as Easter, which I don't like that word, you know, fertility goddess. It's the resurrection day. And resurrection in the Hebrew means to stand up straight again. Like when you're dead, now you're, you're alive. And so... Like Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And so our proof of, of, of real life and eternal life is the resurrection. So we need to celebrate that and experience God's resurrection life in us now on a daily basis. And part of that is realizing and telling God how awesome he is. And on the path of life, being thankful, uh, repenting, awesome, asking God to intervene and say, God, I love you. So uh, the more you do that, the better your life's going to be, the happier, more fully alive, and God's going to be glorified more in, in your life. May God richly bless you again. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. You can watch and listen to my daily programs Monday through Sunday. And by the time you watch or listen to this one, Passover is gone. But the reality is we're supposed to worship God. We're supposed to be in awe of him every day of our life. Resurrection Day. That's the name the Bible calls it. Resurrection Day. Like Ray said, we don't like to call it Easter, but Resurrection Day. That's a more biblical name for it. Absolutely. Again, watch and listen and order the book, The Science of Judgment. God bless you. Reverend Dr. Jonathan Hansen has written a book titled The Science of Judgment. God is predictable. There is a scientific pattern for the rise and fall of nations throughout history. We need to understand the laws or the rules of design regarding prophecy and judgment. When it comes to the laws of judgment and prophecy, denominational or personal belief systems have nothing to do with the reality or the certainty of the rule of judgment. Dr. Hansen's objective is to warn leaders of nations of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the plagues or judgments that are coming upon these peoples and nations that reject Jesus Christ as Savior according to the Scriptures. Dr. Ronald E. Cottle, founder and president of Christian Life School of Theology, states that this book is a must-read for Christians and other leaders in the United States and in other nations. It is clear, powerful, and well-reasoned. We all owe a debt of gratitude to Dr. Jonathan Hansen for the years that have gone into the research and writing of the science of judgment. This book has more than 300 pages, divided up in five sections. Part 1, The Science of Judgment, has chapters titled such as The Laws Regarding Prophecy and Judgment, Patterns of Apostasy, Purpose of Chastisement, Standards for Justice and Mercy, God Forgives When People Repent, God Holds Nations Responsible for What Leaders Do, Parental Responsibility, The Feasts of the Lord, Solomon's Transgressions and Their Consequences, 
Righteous Kings versus Evil Kings, Example of King Jehoshaphat, Ungodly Alliances, God is Predictable, God Holds People Accountable, Man Can Turn Into an Intelligent Beast to Do Evil. Section 2, The Deception of the Theory of Evolution, has chapters titled as Problems with the Theory of Evolution, Evolution and Racism, Darwin's Hatred of Christianity and its Fruit. Section 3, Why Must There Be Judgment, has titles such as The Fall of America and Her Destruction, Cult Christianity, Radical Liberal Politics. Section 4, Kings, Dictators, and Presidents, with the following chapters listed as People Choose Their Nation's Leaders, Qualifications for Godly Leadership, Romans 13, Delegated Authority, Satan is in charge of this world, not Jesus. If laws violate conscience, we must disobey. Finally, part five, so what must we do? These chapters are listed as, we are in a cultural war, our responsibility to a hostile government, the Christian's science of judgment. With turmoil ever increasing throughout the nations as Bible prophecy is coming to life right before our very eyes, one must read the science of judgment to have a clear understanding of these events and the reasons why. Call 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248, that is 360-629-5248, and request your copy of The Science of Judgment for a donation of $35 or more, plus shipping and handling. Thank you, and Shalom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.